Hello, and welcome to IRI Growth Insights, featuring IRI thought leaders, industry partners, and guests. For more than 40 years, IRI has been known for its invaluable data, but these podcasts explore insights that the data reveal to fuel disruption and market growth for CPG, retail, healthcare, and media industries. I'm your host, Tanya Shakart, coming to you from my home office in Southern California. Um, Good morning, good afternoon um, to all of our listeners. Welcome to Growth Insights. Um, Exciting um, episode today. We're talking with some terrific guests. We've got Nadine Karp McHugh, president of See Her Association of National Advertisers, and Jennifer Polino, executive vice president, Omni Channel Media, and IRI's Media Center of Excellence. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Um, so today's topic is about the role women and girls play in marketing and advertising, specifically in a COVID-19 world, because, you know, we know a couple of things, right? We know women influence more than 85% of consumer goods purchases. And we know now more than ever, consumers will examine how and where brands show up. And, um, you know, I know that you two female executives, um, are experts in this topic um, and, and quite fr- frankly, um, role models for women like me. Um, and in that vein, um, I think we just have to, you know, tip our hats a little bit right now to um, this great moment, um, you know, to see uh, a woman of color um, as a vice presidential candidate, um, you know, on a major party ticket. Um, and of course, we're talking about Kamala Harris. So I'll pause there and just, um, you know, Get a few thoughts, you know, off the top from the two of you. Sure. Yeah, I think it's um, amazing that we can, um, you know, have this moment and we should be celebrating this moment, um, you know, as women. And, you know, it's wonderful, um, you know, to see a woman um, and a woman of color in a position where they can look at her as a role model and see how they can advance and hold themselves. Um, so it's exciting um, as we're in this space and also talking in this podcast to you know, start out with a moment, um, you know, and to talk a little bit about, you know, as we think about how we're talking about women in media and and in an advertising um, and to see someone also too representing that at, you know, these higher levels. So it's, that's an exciting moment for, I think the, the entire United States. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Um, and thanks Tanya. I'm so happy to be here talking to you ladies as always. Uh, Jennifer and I have a good time together driving, uh, see her forward. I think it's a, it's a great time, and it's so tied to what See Her is all about, which is driving the accurate portrayal of women and girls um, forward mm-hmm. so that she can see herself as she truly is in all of her potential um, and what is possible. So um, having Kamala as part of um, the conversation for the next, uh, for, for however long, as part of the election and uh, moving forward, is fantastic for women and girls to see what's possible for role models. Um, and um, I think it's a great time in history and underscores what we're, what we're all about as far as 
accurate portrayals uh, go. And we always say that um, we always take an inclusive approach. It's about seeing her in all her glory or race, ethnicity, shape, size, sexual orientation, etc. Mm-hmm. So women are multidimensional and multifaceted. And it's wonderful to see that come to life um, and the election. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that, you know, um, a concern that many parents have, right, is is that there's no role models for their girls on TV. And, um, you know, we're seeing that change. And certainly on August 11th, it, it, it definitely changed. And we're going to be seeing, um, at least for the next three months, uh, running up to the election, um, you know, uh, a, a woman of, of color um, on TV a lot. So um, it's an exciting moment. I agree. Just a quick tip um, and, and nod to that. Um, so, um, you know, moving on with our topic today, you know, the see her forward movement, um, and even we're going to talk about the development of the gender equality measure or, or gem, um, Nadine, I want to start with you and just, um, talk about the see her first. How did this movement get its start? Sure. So see her started at the white house in June of 2016 as part of the United State of women. And in four years, that moment at the White House became the leading movement for gender equality, as I said, in marketing, advertising, media, and entertainment. You know, we all know that media influences society, but See Her from the very beginning has been unique because we represent a collective of over 70 plus marketers and other companies within the industry. We represent a collective uh, of thousands of brands which represent over six, 70 billion in media spend in just the US alone. So we like to say that we serve as a catalyst, uh, which is our unique position between the marketers and the rest of the industry. Mm-hmm. So see Her has always been about passion. See Her is about purpose. And as you said, women influence 85% of all purchase decisions. So accurately reflecting women and girls in media and messaging and other forms of content is really crucial because when women can see themselves accurately reflected, uh, they are inspired not only by what is possible um, in the case what we just talked about with someone like Kamala, but for them to also, as women, they choose brand affinities based mm-hmm. on um, how they see brands showing up. So um, See Her has demonstrated that not only is it good for society, because when women thrive, and this research, there's much research about this, societies thrive, but it's also very good for brand business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I always try to have personal anecdotes throughout this. And, and um, you know, as I mentioned, you know, this, this idea, I, I've heard this throughout a lot of the literature I've read on, on See Her, is if you can see her, you can be her. Right. Um, and I think that, that that rings true, um, you know, me as a woman, but also for my girls, um, you know, I, I really think that this is such a compelling topic and, um, you know, the metrics, we'll get into some of those too, are just astounding. Um, and, and really the power, <laughs> the power that women have, the, the untouched yet power that women have in advertising. Um, Jennifer, I know we've talked um, in that vein a ton about um, how women are shouldering um, a lot of the um, the burden um, associated with this pandemic on the home front, um, and the um, we've also talked about the economic up- upheaval and path podcast. And um, you know, can you talk a little bit about um, all the the different roles that women are juggling um, right now? 
Yes, yes. You know, we, we do know, um, you know, in times of crisis, there usually is a disproportionate effect on women. And, um, you know, this, the pandemic um, you know, has really, you know, warned us um, that there is this deepening, you know, you know, we could really deepen the inequalities that already exist for women and we need to make sure that we don't have this devastating effect um, for for and consequences for women and girls because that really could reverse the limited progress we've made um, towards gender equality in the last 25 years so we want to think about <clears throat> you know what we how we can try to not eliminate some of the burden, but, you know, as women, um, you know, there's somewhat of a um, tendency to uh, take on more traditional roles um, in addition to their everyday lives during these difficult times. I mean, I can, I can attest to it, you know, I'm full-time, you know, I guess more than full-time, right, working. Um, and, you know, I have, um, you know, in addition to what I've already done, but, you know, I've now become, and just like many other women, you become, you know, the chief education officer, mm -hmm. you're the chief psychologist, um, oh, you know, right. in the household, and not only for, for your, your children, but your, your, your uh, spouses. Um, mm -hmm. or your, your significant others. Um, you're the chief purchasing officer and, of course, you know, the chief health officer during this time. And so, you know, all of these roles continue to add up. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, as such with, you know, multitasking, you um, <clears throat> things that where you would be able to provide all of your effort, you know, becomes diminished and the stress levels. And so these times make it much more difficult. And so we really have to be conscious of, you know, the burdens that we're placing and come together as a community to help support and support one another. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want to build a little bit on that. I totally mm -hmm. agree. And I've seen it as well. I myself keep visualizing Turks and Caicos and hope <laughs> To get there again, not just in my mind, but yes. in my mind. Um, we've also seen the, the coined phrase that this is becoming a she session. I think there was a Canadian economist that coined that term because they're saying that a whole generation of women may not recover from this mm -hmm. because how taxing it is becoming on on women mm -hmm. and what's occurring, and it's and it's worse on marginalized groups and women of color. So um, I yeah. think that, that is something that we have to be really careful of <clears throat> and why we're so conscious of, of pushing the agenda forward um, for women and girls yeah. because showing what's possible and, and demonstrating as we've been able to do with IRI um, that it actually provides business impact, you know, helps marketers to propel it forward and helps to keep the, Put on the gas pedestal of gender equality so that yes. hopefully we don't go back 25 years and hopefully um, we don't have a she session because I just can't imagine that. I have a 19 year old and I want her to still believe that she can be anything you know, she wants to be anywhere in this world. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I've got two teenage girls also. I've got one turning 19 in, in just a few months, Nadine. And, oh. um, and I, I don't know about, about you, but I've noticed, and we've got two boys too. So I don't know, you know, if, if you've noticed, but with teenagers, for me, I feel like they're regressing just a little bit, which has put extra pressure on me 
Um, They're not problem solving the way that they were problem solving before COVID because they don't have the the social interactions with their friends, the extracurricular activities that they had. And so they've, in my, in my house, anyway, I've been noticing like this, their stress level rising over things that they would normally be able to solve quite easily with their peers or, you know, other, you know, coaches or things like that, that they were engaged in. So, um, you know, that, that does put added stress. And, and of course, Jennifer, all the chiefs that you mentioned, (laughs) you know, we are, we are shouldering, you know, the lion's share of the burden. I hadn't burden. Um, I grew up in Canada, Nadine. I hadn't heard um, that uh, she session um, um, comment, um, but I, I, I'm with you and and I hope, (laughs) I hope it doesn't turn into that um, either. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I know we were in one of the biggest issues, right. With, you know, some things like that happen is that, you know, in society and in business, we know, I mean, there's, you know, statistics abound that um, when women are empowered, right. Mm -hmm. They prosper, you know, when when women and men have equal roles in the labor market, you know, there's um, uh, there's some statistics that, you know, 28 million or $28 trillion could be added to the global annual GDP. Um, You know, these numbers are, you know, they're not drops in buckets. They are changing the lives of, uh, you know, people. And when we think about, you know, equality and, um, you know, empowerment and what people bring to and what women bring to the, the table and the, the society and the marketplace, these skills and attitudes, um, you know, need to be continued push forward so that, you know, everybody prospers. It's not just women, it's everyone mm-hmm. prospers. And that's what's really important, um, you know, in the marketplace. You know, I think about, you know, bringing it back a little bit to, you know, uh, the the study that we did and thinking about, you know, you know, consumer products just in just in itself, um, you know, in advertising, you know, women, the purchasing power of women is, mm-hmm. um, you know, 15 trillion annually, they make up all of 85% of all the consumer purchases, right? 91% of them basically make all of the new home purchases, 65% make new car purchases, 93% make all of the food decisions and, um, the vacation decisions and the pharmaceutical and hair care, uh, um, healthcare decisions, um, you know, for purchases. And you think about that and you think about the um, world in, you know, where the undertones of, you know, the advertising um, that are driven there. If you don't have, you know, if you're not portraying advertising that accurately reflects who women are and what they do, there is a big miss because you're not talking to the people that actually have the purchasing power. Now, that's just not like about women. That's just smart business. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the, the financial incentive, right? For consumer product marketers to well, portray also, women more accurately. Yeah. It's also about um, brand affinity and, um, staying power for these consumers with these consumers, that connection, because at the end of the day, it's about brand love and and brand affinity. You know, when you, when you go to the aisle of a store and you look at a sea of brands, the thing that really connects you to that brand is what that brand stands for and how well you think that brand is connecting with you, whether or not you feel that brand gets you as a person, as a consumer. 
So I think that now more than ever, it's really important for marketers to be in tune with the consumers. And in this world that we're living in that um, is very complex with a lot of issues that are layered, you know, we're living in a world with, with, that we're basically living with two pandemics right now. Mm-hmm. And consumers are watching what marketers are doing more than ever with mm-hmm. the most intense of lenses during these unprecedented times. There's no question. And they're going to vote with their dollars. So they're going to choose brands and the ones that they're going to choose to love by how well the brands understand them and represent them mm-hmm. without question. I mean, we've already seen that. And, and social media has made it so not only will they choose them, but they're going to tell their friends who they've chosen and why, and also consequently who they don't choose and why. So agree totally that media influences society. We also have research that's shown that strong female characters in media, inspire women to be more ambitious, more assertive. Mm-hmm. And even in some cases, they're inspired to leave abusive relationships. So that's the power of media. That's why what we're doing is so important. It's It really is reflected in society and, and consumers are watching more than ever. Yeah, yeah agreed, agreed. Um, you know, speaking speaking to the, the, the culture from a pandemic perspective, um, I don't know, in in um, a lot of the research um, and studies that I read, you know, not just with with you, um, Nadine, um, but but the the collaborative, um, it, you know, topics with with IRI, um, yeah. I, I came across this um, this this quote: um, "You don't need to meet a grim culture moment with a grim brand tone," and um, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, what are some considerations for advertisers right now, given what's going on? Yeah. Um, so, it, which, um, we're not grim. So I, that must be IRI. Grim cultural moments. Yeah. Grim culture moments. Well, there is a grim culture moment, you know, uh, a little bit now, but yeah, I think, you know, but, but, you know, as a brand, you do, you have to, um, you, you, in times of, um, crisis or times of ch- change happens almost more rapidly and you have to be on the pulse. And so you have to understand um, not only consumers, you have to understand that backup of the data and what you're supposed to, you, you know, how consumers are reacting to, to that. And, you know, as considerations, we need to not only think about um you know, the past, but also really think about the future. And when I think about that, you have to think about the the generations also too, um, what their their attitudes were before and how their attitudes, you know, are even being shaped by this. So messaging needs to be authentic. Um, you know, not only, uh, you know, from a standpoint of your, your messaging, but, you know, how that really ties back to your brand. Um, you know, you can, you, you see a lot of different um, options. You know, there's a brand where, you know, everybody was kind of jumping on the bandwagon, you know, at first when we, the pandemic happened, um, you know, about, you know, thanking everyone and talking mm-hmm. about the, the movement. 
And yes, that is absolutely, you know, uh, you know, a wonderful sentiment. But then, you know, when every single brand um, starts right. over rotating on it, uh, the messaging starts becoming really diluted. Mm-hmm. And um, there is um, a way in which I think brands have to be thoughtful and thinking about doing, uh, you know, having that message. And also too, um, not only thinking about with the, the pandemic, but also to, um, you know, the, the, the social in justice also too that we're thinking about that's happening um, that's bringing to the forefront. We also have to be very considerate of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that might even be a great segue into um, you know, into gem Um, Nadine, I, I, you know, I know we're talking about um, you know, consumer connections with brands and the importance of that. And so maybe I'll just ask you, you know, um, Let's talk about this gender equality measurement. Um, what can you tell us about it? Can you tell our listeners about it? Yeah, and I think there is a connection to what um, Jen was just saying because our mission is about the accurate portrayal. And we we purposely took the word accurate because not everything is always positive, but it has to be authentic. Mm-hmm. So it's, we're about authenticity and being accurate Um, Not necessarily about just painting a rosy picture because you need to hold up the truth in order to also improve it. Um, And we, and that's about gender equality as well. That helps to drive and push towards gender equality. So our gender equality measurement is a longitudinal study that's been around since we launched in 2016. It's considered the global gold standard for measuring gender equality. So far we've, uh, and that's been recognized by the, research industry uh, with an ESOMAR award for uh, advertising effectiveness. And we've measured over 130,000 ads using this methodology so far. And we can action it across 14 global markets, which represent about 87% of all global ad spend. Staggering. Yep. So enormous uh, ability to affect change. We've also been able, so it, it asks four questions about appropriateness of the ad, um, accurate portrayals and role models for women. And yeah. we ask questions of both men and women so we can balance and look at gender equality. Um, we can also do deep dives, um, and we've always been able to do this. As I said, it's about inclusivity um, and looking at all of her. And so we can do deeper dives into um, GEM for Black women as well as GEM for Hispanic women. Um, with IRI, we've also been able to partner and look at the effects and correlations, which we've confirmed. Um, Not surprising that if you speak to women in the right way and you resonate with them, it's actually going to have an effect on your bottom line, on your Mm -hmm. sales. So we've been able to demonstrate a correlation between positive GEM scores and incremental sales lift for total women. And we're looking to do the same for um, Black and Hispanic women in, in another analysis that we will open up in the fall. And we're very excited about that. Yeah. So, so you're saying a more positive score can drive higher brand performance metrics. Is that? Yes. Without question. Yeah. We've been able to um, demonstrate that correlation on several occasions. Um, initially, and the longitudinal studies have validated this, it increases brand reputation and brand lift, which some marketers consider to be softer metrics. So we went back, um, and with IRI, we did an attribution analysis study um, across six brands in, in six cat- different categories, and we're able to demonstrate 
that in fact um, there is a strong correlation between strong gem gender equality measurement scores, gem scores for ads and programming and incremental sales lift. So um, which which when you think about it, just makes sense. If mm -hmm. you're speaking to me and I believe that you understand me and um, you're respectful to me and you're showing um, accurate portrayals and positive role models, it's going to resonate with me more strongly and I'm going to vote with my dollars. But it was great to have the rigorous analysis to demonstrate that because it helps to empower marketers to move forward, to see her forward in the right way, to deliver more um, gender equality, gender positive um, messaging and marketing, and also to deliver greater business impact across the board. So doing greater for society and greater for their business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, adding on to that, I mean, it, um, you know, in conducting the study, um, you know, the, the, all of the facts that Nadine had mentioned, um, you know, are absolutely true. And the reason why we started this study is because, right, we're in a society and where we have data and, you know, data should be at the base of driving uh, decisions and the quantify, we need to use that quantifiable numbers uh, to, you know, move that forward. And so we were really happy to be able to say, you know, while we, we can see this correlation between um, a higher gem score and brand metrics, we really want to see it, you know, and prove it out against sales metrics because it goes back to, right, that purchasing power of women. In. And that's where it makes the logical sense, right? If you're showing, you know, positive, positive gen score, people, be women believe that they're more accurate and people believe that women are being more accurately portrayed, then, you know, as their purchasing power, they will move towards those brands and they will vote for that with their dollars, right? Um, for those brands with their dollars. And that is exactly what we had um, seen. And what we, when we took on this study, one of the things that we um, were very conscious of as well is thinking about um you know, not all brands, uh, you know, use and, um, it, you know, just because of the nature of their brands, um, you know, and categories that they're in have kind of different types of messaging, you know, to their consumers. So we chose brands and the brands that participated were a very diverse group of mm -hmm. uh, brands and companies. Um, you know, the, the brands that participated in it were, you know, Bud Light, Clorox, um, Wipes and Spray. Sprays, um, ice breakers, um, Special K, Seven Up, L'Oreal Paris. These brands, um, you know, were the the foundation, and you can see cut across a number of um, uh, uh, categories, but also contributed over twenty different creatives that allowed us to, um, you know, and air, across a number of different. Um, uh, mediums in which it aired uh, across programs and of different genres. Um, and so we were able to get this really robust base of analysis um, that we were able to measure from. And we just didn't measure positive, um, you know, I was just going to say, yeah. yeah, how did they, how did the, you know, how did consumers respond? 
Yeah, yeah. You know? So we, we we looked at gem scores ranging, you know, in all of those ads from 91 to 116. And as Nadine said, the like the general index is, you know, based off of, you know, 100. And so we had and um, we not only rated the gem scores against the products and the creative, um, but we also rated it against the programmings that they were also um, in so that we can get another metric of how does that, is there an incremental effect when Mm -hmm. you are um, putting higher gem scores into higher gem programming? And we looked at ranges in programming from uh, gem scores of 56 to, you know, 141. So, you know, this gave us this, you know, amazing base to look at it. And what we found is that, you know, like Nadine said, that the results were conclusive the higher the sale, the the ads with the higher sales lift had higher gem scores and ads with the lower sales lift had lower gem scores Um, and creatives that scored higher than a hundred, you know, on the index drove sales lift of five times Mm. that those that were ads that were compared to, you know, those ones that were lower. So, you know, strong, strong um, results. And we just, you know, we didn't even stop at the creative. We stopped to, um, you know, as I mentioned, we talked about the programming, but we tried to understand the importance of, you know, what um, what that that scale did when we generated and put those programs in or put those um, those creatives in different types of programs to understand it. And we looked at, you know, day parts, uh, networks and programming level. And again, those ones that score those where we had programs and ads in ads that had creatives that aired during programs with scores greater than a hundred, we had a 93% greater lift. That's than just unbelievable. It is the synergist effect and that exponential effect that you know, marketers now have these quantifiable results and right like you it is hard as a marketer to try to eke out you know um, you know the, those dollars for the brand I was I you know I was a ex-marketer and it's hard to find that and when you find something this pretty easy now like you can do gosh I have to have a, a like a creative that has a good positive gem score and I can put it in programming that has positive gem scores, putting those two combined, I'm going to get a better lift associated with it. I mean, that's, that's a home run for marketers. Yeah. And didn't, I think I read somewhere, right. That L'Oreal Paris, um, there was a, an estimated 4.8 million in incremental sales. Yeah. Is that right? I mean, that's. Yeah. That was published in the white paper, I believe. Yeah. Uh, we did in partnership with uh, with the permission of L'Oreal Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to make that clear too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, having been working there, I don't want them to think we're giving away anything. Uh, <laughs> it was published with permission. But anyway, yes. beyond that. It's I in the public domain. Exactly. For other marketers, just in general, why this is important for all marketers is what Jen said. Um, we now have evidence basically marketers are so busy i mean their jobs have changed so exponentially over the years we they now have sort of a a a formula uh through gem and this gem sales lift with iri that demonstrates uh, what the right formula is to gain incremental sales against a very core audience that represents as jen said um, in detail across multiple categories but 
at least influencing 85% of all purchases and across many categories directly purchasing, it, it, it takes away all of the calculated risk of doing the right thing because mm-hmm. you know it's going to build your business. And so it's easier then to navigate through the changes that might need to occur in the creative nuances that um, need to now take into a, you need to take into effect in the buying process that you now need to change in order to get more more gem positive programming or see her aligned programming. So it gives you that uh, piece of information that rigor to hold up to the rest of the organization to make the change happen and happen more quickly. And I think mm-hmm. that's important, which is why I'm very excited about the next phase that we're about to do with IRI, which will show, I'm confident, the same similar uh, findings, if not stronger, for um, GEM for Black women and also for Hispanic women, uh, because those changes need to happen in order to help to contribute uh, solutions towards the social unrest and what's going on in the country from the accurate portrayals of women in color in media marketing, advertising, and entertainment. And so it will be a tool that marketers can use within their own organizations to hold up, to make those kinds of changes, to understand the nuances that take place in messaging and media um, and how it can have a positive business impact. So not only, of course, is it good for society and boy, do we need it now, yeah. but it could really help to drive positive sales results. Yeah. 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 So, excited to be part of that and driving that forward uh, for the ecosystem, um, uh, for um, society, um, and for our marketing uh, counterparts and uh, partners um, within uh, the CPG and retail business. So how, how do our listeners join the, the See Her movement? Is it, is it, is it just for marketers? Anyone can join. So um, see her can be joined by um, anyone within any company within the marketing echo, echo system. Mm-hmm. You can go to info at seeher.net uh, to join. And uh, we welcome marketers, media companies, tech companies, agencies. Um, everyone should become a member and help to drive this very important cause forward uh, for the greater good of society and for our businesses as a whole. But thank you for asking that very important question. (laughs) What's that? Thank you, Tanya, for asking that very important question. Oh, yes, of course, of course. Um, You know, I liked at the beginning when we we kicked it off, Nadine, you talked about the United State of Women. And, um, you know, I've just been inspired by by this conversation today, the data that's, um, you know, it's unquestionable, right? Um, and, and, and really sort of what's happening, um, you know, in our, in our society right now with, with, with women. Um, I think it's very timely. I think this, this topic today was just on, you know, on point. Um, I'm excited to, to learn more, keep learning more about, about see her, um, you know, and, yeah, just it's an inspiring time, and I think the conversation's t- you know also timely, and um, be interesting to see what uh, ads are going to roll out in the next ninety days um, as we inch toward November. Um, Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah maybe we can measure some of those. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, and, and, you know, for those, uh, you know, just if, if, if for those who are listening and are interested, uh, shameless plug for the work that uh, the CHER group did um, uh, uh, and the analysis that IRI did, the white paper um, that has all of these um, uh, key uh, insights into are located both at the uh, CHER website as well as um, at the IRI uh, worldwide.com website. You can find that, that published white paper. And yeah. less I would like to say um, to Tanya and anyone that's listening that's interested is to follow us on social because there'll be more to come. Um, you can follow us at, at seeher2020 or hashtag seeher. And that would be great. The more followers, the better. Come be a part of the movement. I'm there. All right. I'm there. <laughs> I can tell. I feel it. <laughs> Thank Thanks. you so much, ladies. This has just been a great conversation, a great uh, start to uh, to my day out west for sure. Thank great. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please become a subscriber and let us know what you want to learn more about. We'll serve it up in a future IRI Growth Insights episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review IRI Growth Insights. Also, visit us on the web at iriworldwide.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.